In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It isn't very often that I begin a sermon with a disclaimer, but I am going to have one today. And my disclaimer is this, that there is a great danger in this text that we're going to talk about today. And the great danger in this text is that some will walk away thinking, wow, the more I give away, the more I'm going to get. Or the better I am, the more blessed I'll be by God. There are some who might preach that, but that's not what I'm trying to say today. So that's my disclaimer before we begin. But I love this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It comes in the midst of Paul offering words of encouragement to the Corinthian Christians. Paul had written an earlier letter to the Corinthians. We call it 1 Corinthians. And in that particular letter, Paul had pretty harsh words for those Corinthian Christians. It was in that first letter of Corinthians that Paul talked about the fact that there are divisions among you. Some claim loyalty to Paul, some claim loyalty to Peter, some dis- and, and Paul goes on and says, there aren't to be divisions among God's people. And then a little later on in there, Paul criticizes their practice of Holy Communion that their practice of Holy Communion isn't what God wants it to be or what God commanded it to be. And then his first letter ends with that beautiful 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is that resurrection chapter. That all of our hope is in the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. Well, in this second letter, Paul has a lot of encouragement but he also has some significant instructions for those Corinthian Christians. I want to back up just a little bit to the beginning in chapter 8. And beginning in chapter 8, Paul begins by saying this, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Now that's another group of Christians. And, the Macedo- and Paul is going to lift up the Macedonian Christians as an example of gratitude and generosity. You see, Paul is preparing to go from church to church, and not Paul, but his messengers, from church to church that he had planted through the years to gather an offering. There was predicted famine in Jerusalem. And Paul wanted to show how Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, scattered throughout that part of the world, supported one another at time of need. And so Paul talks about the Macedonians, and here's how he describes the Macedonians. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. So Paul, who's sending this letter to the Corinthians, is wanting to encourage them 
to be like their brothers and sisters in Macedonia. And then in verse 18, Paul talks about the fact that he is sending Titus to the Corinthians to deliver this letter, this message. And he says in verse 18, and with him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. Now, who in the world is that? Paul doesn't name him here. The one who is famous for his preaching of the gospel. Based upon a reference in Acts, some scholars believe this is Luke. And it might be that along with Titus, Paul is sending Luke to, to gather this offering. And then a little bit later in verse 22, he says, And with them we are sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but, who is, but now who is more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker in your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So, give proof before the churches of your love and, your, and our boasting about you to these men. So picture this. Titus and two others, along with their traveling group, are traveling now from church to church, gathering an offering which they're going to take to Jerusalem because of the famine. And Paul in chapter 8 describes that. Now in, in chapter 9, Paul goes on to talk about the joy, the joy there is in gratitude, the gratitude there is in generosity when God's people support one another and when God's people out of the love of Jesus give for one another. Beginning of our text there today, he, he, he says in verse, verses 6 and 7, he says, the point of this, in other words, all this introduction, the point of this. Now think about this is Titus reading this letter to the Corinthian Christians as they're about to take the offering, which is going on to Jerusalem. The point of this is, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reach, reap bountifully. And that's, that's where I said be careful. Be careful how you understand that. It's not saying if you give more away, you'll get more. But what he's saying is he's referring to an old folk tale about sower and seed. And he goes on to describe this. He goes on a little bit later on, and then he goes into to quoting from Psalm 112. And in Psalm 112, the psalmist is talking about the righteous man, the righteous person who is, is generous. And in Psalm 12, he says this, he, the righteous man, his heart is steady, he will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted 
in honor. So Paul pulls from Psalms to offer a word of encouragement about the righteous person and the giving generously. He who supplies seed to the sower. Who's that? That's God. God who provides seed to the sower and bread for the needy for the harvest is the same one who supplies you your needs. Reward is, our reward is not because we do good deeds. Our reward is because we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and out of the love of Christ. We are, gratitude. we are grateful and have a spirit of generosity. We heard that in, in the words of the gospel lesson for today in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is part of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning of the teaching of Jesus. And as Jesus is outlining, last week we heard, we heard Jesus with the Beatitudes, the great blessings. A little bit later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this. And boy, these words, these words speak to me so often. When Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Then he talks about the birds of the air. They neither sow nor they reap, but God provides for the birds of the air or the lilies of the field. Then the end of that gospel lesson. Boy, I tell you, this is the part that speaks to me. Jesus says this, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't be anxious. Oh, how hard that is. It is so easy to be anxious, to worry, to fret, to stew. I don't know about you, but every once in a while I wake up in the middle of the night and in the quiet of the night, I think about all kinds of things. And sometimes I worry about my boys. Sometimes I worry about the state of our nation. Sometimes I worry about the homeless person on the corner. I mean, I can think of all kinds of things to worry about. And then every once in a while I have to remind myself, you're not going to do anything about it laying here in bed, so you might as well be out to sleep. But don't be anxious. And that's what Paul is building on as he talks to these Corinthians, too. He said, my friends are coming to you to get the offering. And they're coming to bring the offering because it is for the people in Jerusalem and the pending famine. Remember back in Acts chapter 4, the beginning of the church, in Acts chapter 4 it said, and those believers in Jesus Christ had all things in common. And there was not a one among them who had a need that the community didn't fill, didn't take care of. That they had all things in common. 
And Paul's trying to emphasize to these Corinthians who could be kind of flaky sometimes. And these Corinthians who were surrounded by all kinds of gods and all kinds of teachings. And Paul's pointing them to the cross. And he's saying the grace of God, what a tremendous gift we have been given by the grace of God in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we give gratitude to God and to one another. Why? Because we are the crown of God's creation. Did you hear it in that first lesson from Genesis? God gave life to the earth, the water flowed, and so life sprung to, to, to life came to being there in creation. And then God, from the dust of the earth, formed man. And he breathed into him the breath of life. Creation really didn't come to life until God placed man and woman there because they possessed the breath of God, the life of God. So we come to today. We are entering in and really have sort of already gotten there into the season of thanksgiving. And that's already followed by the season of giving. And when we love somebody, we are anxious with gratitude to show that love. When we are obligated to give a gift. When we are obligated to give somebody a gift because it's our responsibility, it doesn't usually come with gratitude or joy. It comes out of obligation. But when we love someone, whether it be our spouse, our children, our family, our best friend, it is just a joy. And when we love the Lord Jesus Christ, and that love of Christ flows in us and through us, we give even to those we don't know out of joy. Our response to those in need around us, our response in support of the ministry of the church, our response in terms of giving to God because God has given us so much out of love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote, Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. Whether it be brief single encounter or daily fellowship of, yours, of years, Christian community is only this. We belong to one another only through and in Jesus Christ. Grateful to God for his great love for us. Grateful for God for his life for us through Jesus Christ. Grateful for God, to God for community, whether it be this community or the community where we live. May God be praised and may our hearts be filled with gratitude and joy because of Jesus. Amen.